All right. Hi, and welcome to The Mind of a Skeptical Leftist, the podcast that takes uh, that talks to various people to promote progressivism, uh, leftist politics, and critical thinking. <laughs> I'm joined by uh, Phoenix. Um, yeah. Do you have uh, any other AKAs or anything that people will know you by? Okay. Uh, yes, I, I am Phoenix Lee, uh, the operator of the YouTube channel, sporadically updated YouTube channel, Phoenix Rising 87, formerly Electric Mayhem 87. Um, I'm also I'm also a writer for um, Medium. I have a little Medium account. I'm currently working on a couple of new pieces for that. Um, well, some pieces for my YouTube channel. I okay. Am, I am vegan. I'm an anarchist. I'm a feminist. Um, yep, and I'll be both. <laughs> some of that is uh, exactly why I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> um. I guess a good place to start would be uh, with your anarchism. Uh, okay. Where, uh, what brand of anarchism do you follow, and where did you, uh, how did you reach that point? Okay, well, I kind of fall between libertarian socialist and anarcho-communist. Okay, I'm also, I'm also a bit of a queer anarchist and an anarcho-feminist. Um, got all those kind of leanings. Um, I think I reached that. Point. I started to reach that point after two, the 2008 election. It was my first election voting for a president. I proudly cast my vote for the first black man who would become president. And then was disillusioned after I learned he was endorsing the torture of, of whistleblowers and film bombing civilians in the Middle East. Yeah, it was kind of kind of over that. I kind of kind of started to realize that. A lot of my political views are much further to the left of the, of the Democratic Party in America. I started looking at other kinds of views, like I started reading about socialism and anarchism, and actually learning what anarchists have to say. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've always I've always been passionate about helping others, about um, people supporting each other. I started to see through through all things. Um, it's my interest in true crime documentaries that cut that kind of helped me to realize what a lot of people need is community care. Because you, you get cases like Andrea Yates who was really seriously mentally ill and, you know, killed her kids because she wanted to send them to heaven. She was right. Not, really. So like with issues like that, community care would have saved those kids. Like she could have gotten help she needed. Maybe she could have gotten access to child care to take care of her kids while she was getting help. Stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. That's uh yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of people disagree with me, but I tend to think that a lot of uh, crimes, mur even murders and like extreme crimes could be prevented if people had the right resources in their life and the right uh, access to help when they needed it. Absolutely. So how does your anarchism intersect with uh, your veganism? Well, um, I'm an anarchist. I don't believe in unjustified hierarchies. I, what kind of influenced my my, my activism as it is today is um, the book Afroism by Afco and her sister Sil, which talks about intersections between racism and speciesism. How okay. black and brown people, like throughout history, have been their oppression, oppression against them has been justified by saying that we were 
we were animal-like and thus worth less. And I think there's something wrong with the mindset that non-human animals are worth less than human animals. It's like, because, so, so I kind of came to the mindset that racism equals speciesism equals ableism, that kind of thing. Okay. Because um, injustice against the disabled is it's still, still perpetuated because of that mindset. Like, by, <laughs> even by organizations like Autism Speaks. So I see, I see veganism as a key part of anarchism against some justified hierarchies and like I'm also a big environmentalist and there's a lot of environmental damage caused by caused by animal agribusinesses today and I think and um contrary to what other vegans might think I think that capitalism is anti-vegan because it's anti-human rights it's anti-animal rights it's anti-earth rights and a lot of the harmful effects done by the meat industry are perpetuated specifically because Capitalism enables people to kill animals at an exorbitant rate, um, which causes more, which does cause more water pollution, more air pollution, more pollution of poor neighborhoods. That kind of right, stuff. right. Oh, love you join the chat. Hey, <laughs> always love it when pets join. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of an extension of that, and okay. I think my anarchism came before I was totally vegan. I started I started becoming an anarchist in like 20, 2009 and twenty ten is when I was finally vegan. Okay, yeah, like uh, I I'm not a vegan. Uh, me and my partner we do uh, substitute. Uh, like we use meat substitutes as often as we uh, can, or more often, you know, an increasing amount all the time. It's mm-hmm. uh. I think that I like the thing that people seem to forget is that, um, you know, regardless of what our opinions are about animals, they can suffer and, yeah. <laughs> and there's no, like there's, it's not good to inflict suffering on other creatures. People so. think animals, people say animals can't feel pain, have never stepped on their dog's paw, heard that sad little yelp and like it's, so apologetic about it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, or uh, when you, uh, I've had the similar thing with a, a cat where you yeah. accidentally step on your cat's tail or something or their paw and they're like, yeah. rare. <laughs> mm. yeah. Definitely, they definitely feel a lot of pain. And uh, I don't yeah. see how uh, like a cow or a pig is uh, all that different from, you know, and and coming from a materialist worldview, like a a, a non spiritual worldview, I, I view humans as a product of evolution. This is just like everybody else, so, <laughs> just like every other creature. So I don't see how uh, how we draw these distinctions without just being arbitrary about it. That's something I've noticed in common between a lot of like uh, vegan hating meat eaters and a lot of like and like a certain contingency of like anti kind of misanthropic vegans is this mindset that humans are so removed from animals that whatever that like either we're on a higher level or we're beneath animals it's like i actually made this point in my first video response to gary orofsky on his palestinian to his palestinian black video um one of the things he said in that video was 
Palestine and like the Americas don't belong to, to the natives or the Palestinians. They belong to the animals. And I'm just kind of like, we're in the mix there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, although that was kind of the least offensive thing he said in that video, but I digress. Yeah, that's uh, how many videos have you done? Have you been going for a long time? Uh, you know what? Uh, my YouTube channel, as it exists today, um, I regret I made a lot of really kind of. Um, not so great videos when I was younger, but my video, my videos as they exist today started in 2014 um, when I was what, 27. Okay. Yeah. And, um, the first video that's been on my channel since it's it, it in this, in the way, in, as it is now was a video like asking hypothetically is veganism a diet? My conclusion was no, it's not a diet. It's about animals. And you could eat, basically, right. you, like, veganism isn't about losing weight. You could basically live on sour patch kids and be vegan. I, I, if I didn't feel like crap, if, if I did that, I would, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, it's not, uh, like you say, it's not a diet. You're not right. <laughs> cutting animal product out because... Uh, and I mean, people do cut out animal products to some extent from diets, but that doesn't mean the two are equal, I guess. That's, yeah, that's right. Um, that, that was a big thing I had noticed in a lot of, like, vegan online discourse and also in, like, books you would read. Like, um, a really popular book when I was first starting out was uh, Kitty Bitch. Um, it was, like, a, it was, like series of books came out. There was Skinny Bitch, there was um, a cookbook by the same authors. Um, just retroing this idea that to be vegan is to be, be super skinny, be super healthy, quote unquote. But like, when I look back, I realized that book has a lot of really kind of bad information. Like, <laughs> at, at some point, they, they, they advise that you don't take painkillers because, because like, because, like, your body's trying to tell you something. Specifically, one thing they said was that if um, people with wombs have uh, really bad menstrual cramps, um, it's, that's your body preparing you for for being pregnant and having a baby. Like, so basically, the mic that was kind of, quote-unquote, man up. Oh. Um, I'm just kind geez. of, that, that is, that's just so, so wrong. It's like, what if, it's like, what if your menstrual cramps are so bad, like that you can't function during the day, that you can't work, that you can't move, that you can't do anything, that so you lie on your bed and moan? You know, you're going to advise people like that to not take um, not ibuprofen if it helps them. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, but it also has a lot of pseudoscience about GMOs and organic foods and stuff. So it's not exactly very um, class conscious either. Right, right. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty rampant in uh, fitness and health circles is a lot of that pseudoscience. Mm. I think uh, that's why you see a lot of them, uh, like, they're mixing with, like, QAnon style uh, or neo-Nazi uh, conspiracies because they believe in that purity of nature, right? Like, Yeah, there were, there were some YouTubers who preached that, like, 
Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Corey McCarthy and his uh, wife, Sarah. Mm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, they basically preach like alt-right rhetoric. Oh, okay, um, yeah. And um, kind of treat, treat veganism as a way of maintaining their white purity. Wow, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, geez. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, yeah, geez, wow. You also run a, uh, a like a mutual aid Facebook page, right? Yes, I do. Um, community care slash mutual aid. I started that specifically because I realized, like, even a lot of leftist online circles, even on, like, RedTube and stuff, there's no, there's not really a lot of focus on mutual aid, which is, like, a key component of hard left, hard left ideology. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, I, I, a broke and disabled person who can't work most regular jobs, um, don't have a lot of money to offer, but I can offer a space to boost people's needs so more eyes get on them so, so people who have money to donate can. Right, right. You know, you know like, where, where it's most, most needed. I've, I boosted, and I don't just boost people like, fundraisers. I've also boosted, like, general mutual aid stuff, like, opposed to providing people, like, especially during the, during the winter, to... Um, if a homeless person asks you for money, just give them money. Don't give them food because money, because like money can mean the different, can mean that they can go into say a McDonald's and drink a soda for a while so they get out of the cold. Yeah. And I also shared someone posted a really useful list of tips for things to donate to food pantries. Okay. Like um, donating cake mix and frosting can help, like can help like a, a poor kid have a birthday cake. Or and like mac and mac and cheese, like box mac and cheese is a big thing people donate, but it doesn't really help if they don't have milk. Right. Yeah. So, how do people? Uh, how do you find uh, the people who need help? Is do people send them to you, or is this a, uh, a? Occasionally, people will send stuff to me since I started. Since I posted in one of my one of my my one of my local mutual aid groups, um, one that's centered on people living in the DMV, the DC, Washington, Virginia, DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Like I, I, I posted saying, if you'd like to like and be posted on my, I can boost it on my public mutual aid page. And so people start reaching out, but mostly I find them, I don't have a Twitter account anymore, but I still lurk around Twitter, um, especially like, um, and like kind of see people's fundraisers, people uh, like trans people who are trying to pay for transitions um, or, or to escape their transphobic households and like things things like people trying to stay in school people trying to even keep the lights on put food on the table and, and nowadays a lot of people have lost their jobs COVID and need to still need to pay the bills right right it seems like uh i mean everybody's uh i saw, I saw twitter up sorry uh-oh um, <laughs> i was just gonna say it seems like uh the like a lot of people need help with bills these days like all right so we had some technical difficulties but we are back 
And we were talking about mutual aid. <laughs> um, I know attention to the strange old man in the background. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about anarchism and veganism, and uh, we were talking about mutual aid. And uh, one of the things that I, uh, one of the things you said was that, uh, a lot of people are asking getting help with their bills. And it seems like to me that a lot of people need help with their bills right now because there's been still so many people unemployed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, the, um, I mean, the government isn't providing enough help and like being an anarchist, I kind of anticipated that, uh, but people <laughs> need help regardless. And like, so like anything I can do to help them is just sharing their, Sharing their stories, sharing their crowdfunds, sharing their PayPal, sorry, PayPal links, and like Venmo links, that kind of stuff. Um, then I count that as a win. For sure. Um, so you said that uh, sometimes people send them to you. Um, sometimes you get them off Twitter. Uh, is is the page growing quite a bit? It is. It is. Um, it seems like. To me, like that would be the kind of thing that a lot of people should be getting on board with. Like we should all be flooding, you know, <laughs> these these people who need help with like even a dollar or two dollars. If if enough of us help, then yeah. we can actually be doing some good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I it, it kind of hurts my heart to see that so many online leftists being like unwilling to do that. Like even bigger, biggest, bigger leftist channels have like have like the means to share someone's crowdfund or share someone's story. Um, and get tons of eyes on it, but like that's not happening. And it yeah, it's get, it doesn't get the same um, momentum as making a live stream complaining about how Kate and Bennett or Ben Shapiro are complete shitheads, which. <laughs> Which is oh true. Yes, that's true. My mindset is, dude, who cares about Ben Shapiro? We're in the middle of a global pandemic. People need, people need help. They need to put food on the table and keep a roof over their heads. I don't care about Ben Shapiro. I, it's like, this is, get that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I think that's fair. I think, uh, like, when you think about how many people who need, like, help, uh, even before the pandemic, there were so many people who needed help because the system is so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been fighting in SS, for like SSI, SSCI since 2019. So it's been almost two years and I'm just now getting a hearing at least. So hopefully that will, hopefully that will go well. But like, like it's been hard. It's been hard. And I've been trying to find jobs I can actually do, but it's, Especially now with with COVID. Yeah. Even more people fighting for even fewer jobs. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, I thought of when I was, uh, reaching out to you was, um, you made a post about, uh, white podcasters and white, uh, YouTubers criticizing politicians of color and how it made you uncomfortable. Uh, or uh, that you didn't think that it was always in good faith, perhaps. Um, mm. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if you want to expand on that a little bit. Uh, I, it's, I, 
find myself called, agreeing with you. So <laughs> it's more like about like political pundits, like Candace Owens, for example, uh, Brianna Joy Gray, um, even YouTubers like Andy Speaks. Like um, it comes off, it comes off as it, it often comes off as extremely problematic. I kind of have a problem with a lot of with um, with like all these boisterous white white cishet males. <laughs> basically on, on YouTube who we were talking about how Candace Owens is like a dumbass or something. Um that like that makes that makes me uncomfortable. It's like there are plenty of black leftists who will call out Candace Owens who have right. um it I, I don't know, it just especially with people who um yeah, a certain a certain debate for leftists who I will not name because once you go there, um, Brianna Joy Gray made a comment about something. What it was about? But it was it was about how she didn't want to vote for Biden. Um, um, this this guy uh, retweeted her tweet and and with some cringy use of AAVE, going like, "Yeah, queen." Um, basically, he quit the vote and get Trump elected. This is like the white liberals, eh, like that kind of nonsense. Okay, yeah, I. Uh, and I, and I mm. think, I think the conclusion, like you wouldn't have said that if it was a white woman. You, you might be a little, <laughs> you might be a little racist. Right. Yeah. I, I've, it's, been uh, saying, I've been saying of this person, like this person hates black them. Okay. <laughs> because, um, <laughs> well, also. Also, this person is, is made a pretty some pretty vicious attacks on me. Which, oh, is that um, right? Yeah, called me "quote unquote" fucking crazy for disagreeing with him. But because apparently that's, that's always that's, a good take. That's what <laughs> say, I say about black non men who criticize us mildly. Right. Yeah. Um, a mild disagreement is always, it's always good to just call people names when they disagree with you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think it bothered me in particular because that's a common refrain in when, in a, when people are annoyed with like, like when the people see a, a black woman or a black femme who get who gets annoyed, um, gets annoyed, gets mildly irritated, is like, like even gets a little angry, like she she or they are dismissed as crazy, as um, mm-hmm. as sassy, as having an attitude. Right. Yeah. It's it's definitely very uh, playing into a stereotype. Yeah. That uh, that uh, like not that the not that the uh, black woman or femme uh, person. Has, is playing into a stereotype, but but the person who believes they are playing into a stereotype is being problematic, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a. Uh, I I saw that post after I had recently I had just uh, discussed with a friend. We were both we're both white mm-hmm. uh, dudes, and we were actually we were discussing Obama and how some of the language he had recently used was. Uh, kind of racist, actually, about uh, black yeah, people. I, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the kind of stuff I hear, like sometimes within my family circles, very respectability politics e, which I don't right. doubt. I don't, I don't doubt that a lot of respectability politics comes from at least a well-intended place, but mm. it's still damaging regardless. Yeah, and 
even in the discussion with my friend, I was a little uncomfortable because I'm like, we're discussing racism. We're two white guys calling a, uh, a black man racist. <laughs> it's not exactly, you know, it's, it's not exactly my spot to do that. Right. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it felt weird. <laughs> I can say that at least. Yeah, I have, but, uh, I, have, I have kind of, I'll give my first response to this person I'm not going to name. Um, one, of, one of their criticisms of, like, quote-unquote, woke scolds, which is a term I'm supposed <laughs> was, was that um, in, in their mind, they and other debate bros are um, more effective because, like, they, they don't, they're not extra special nice to, like, racists uh, of They'll, they'll like yell at them about like how redlining is still a thing, how um, how uh, racism still exists on a systemic level. And my response is just, yeah, I'm pretty sure black leftists have been talking about that for years, but Lord forbid we get the credit, right? Right, right. We could go, you bastion <laughs> Good it work. Just, uh, he came up, it just came up as extremely white savory. Um, yeah. Is that the word? It's just like, we do not need you to speak over us. We need you to shut up and listen to us for a change. Yeah, it's it's an important skill. Like, and I mean, here I am. I'm a white leftist with a podcast and YouTube channel. <laughs> but but I think that I think more of us should shut up. Actually, <laughs> like, there's lots of uh, good good work being done by uh, non-white people and. Uh, yeah, and it always seems, like you say, like mainstream uh, leftism always seems to center uh, white guys. Mm-hmm. Which, in like, I I find myself guilty of this, actually. When I'm reaching out for guests, like I often, uh, I reach for the first name that like comes to my mind, right? Like it's this person that I've spoken to before who happen- who's also a white guy or, you know, I look back in my guest list so far and too many of them are probably, yeah, too many are white guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why a lot of black leftists tend to, um, tend to have our own little circles. Um, excuse me. <laughs> that's all right. We noticed a similar, uh, thing with the atheist community back when I was a big part of that was mm-hmm. that, uh, uh, people of color, uh, join, you know, they, even women as well uh, went into other groups. Uh, queer people, uh, LGBTQ uh, folks, they all went into a separate group because mainstream atheism wasn't supportive. Yeah. Um, I-, I used to like watch a lot of like atheist community videos, but then I started to feel unsafe from them as like being, being black, being them passing, being queer. Um, I, I felt kind of, I felt kind of unsafe and kind of alienated. Um, it, this was just when, like, they were just starting to get into like the mm-hmm. anti-feminist and like anti-SCW nonsense, <laughs> right? And I felt, I just kind of felt unwelcome. I felt like, well, it's like, use me for living, <laughs> right? And I actually wanted, uh, yeah, it's a little ridiculous, eh? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I kind of felt alienated for how they how they like talked about religion and the church as just being inherently evil because um while I do agree there can be while I do see that there can be like abuses of power within churches, uh the black church historically has been a safe kind of a safe place safe space for um for the black community. It was a place where people could relax, a place where people could 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 congregate, make friends, right. have community events. And that like that's that's a big part of why like white supremacists um have have attacked those like historically and even recently with Bill and Roof. Um because that they because they know it's a safe it's a safe it's a place where black people feel safe and they don't want black people to feel safe anywhere. So so even though, even though I personally am not religious, I am a secular witch. Um my parents are annoyed by that, but but uh, I do understand the importance that the church has held in the black community. What does it mean to be a witch? Um, you see, the thing is, uh, you see, um, I, I am, I don't believe in gods. I don't, I don't use gods in my craft. I, but I do believe in things like energy. Um, I believe, I believe people together can create energy and like influence each other it influence their surroundings so like even though i don't use any gods in my practice my center is like the community and people i care about okay and, and, yeah i don't do a lot because i live with my family who's very christian and very opposed to that but like when i just kind of get out of the out of house i more i like um yeah i thought mm. of making a video being an atheist witch and another topic like pop culture witchcraft, which is kind of which is kind of cool, right? Um, the African diaspora, yeah, just a lot of different topics. I always have a lot of ideas, but like don't always have the energy to put them in into a video or put them into a piece of writing. It takes a lot of work to write things down. Like <laughs> I I started doing this channel yeah. with the idea to uh, to like type out scripts and, and about various topics and read them and, you know, uh, have a guest who could react to them kind of, uh, uh, in the style of behind the bastards. Uh, but it's just so much work. <laughs> who has the time for that? <laughs> yeah. I don't always have the energy because I'm either just being tired or being in pain, like my back, my back or my leg, you know, both like, I went to the store this morning to get paratransit, and even though I even though I took paratransit, I I had to stand up because the bench outside was wet because of the snow we just had, uh, which is murder on my back, even with my pain. Jeez. Yeah, that's another thing that a lot of leftists either don't feel comfortable about or aren't equipped to talk about is disability justice. Right. Yeah, it seems to get overlooked in a lot of ways, eh? Yeah, and he, it, even to the degree that a lot of leftists like, express a lot of like really ableist stuff. Yeah, I could mm-hmm. see that. Almost. Yeah. Uh, even, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, like, like saying um, Caitlin Bennett. Caitlin Bennett explains this way because she's developmentally disabled, and I'm just like, excuse you, because uh, I have autism. Um, oh yeah, yeah. 
Not I, that uh, I know, so my mom told me I pretty much have it. She's a teacher, so she would know. There's, um, I think, a lot of people. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a still a remnant from uh, the past where uh, people with various uh, thi- uh, we might call them just uh, dis- disabilities or people with disabilities, or we might even just say a person with autism or a person with this uh, condition or whatever. I don't know what the right language is, but at a, there was a time when um, all those people were lumped into one group. Yeah. Uh, just FYI, a lot of most disabled folks prefer, prefer like, the identity first label rather than the person first. So, like, yeah, I'm an autistic person. I'm a disabled person. Okay. Uh, I am a cave user, a rollator user. That's important. Okay. No, that's good to know. I appreciate that. No, no trouble at all. Um. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, like I say, they everybody got lumped into one group, and yeah. then as uh, we discovered that more and more people have it, the more it's more and more common that yeah. people, you know, are autistic or 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 what have you. Um, then, you know, we still hold on to these this weird idea that they all belong in this group of people that are lesser than. And so we can just ignore them, even though the group is getting bigger and bigger all the time. <laughs> it's yeah. it's like, <sighs> you're just dismissing so many people <laughs> that are valuable. <laughs> you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really insensitive. Um, and I, I see this in different forms within leftist circles, like even like things like criticism of slacktivism, like that's kind of. Right inherently ableist because like I can't I used to go to protest like when I was in my twenties. Right. I can't do them anymore. I can I can't walk very much anymore. I can't bring my cane to a protest because it's considered a weapon now. Um, oh jeez. That's um, not helpful at all. <laughs> so, so like I, I don't even feel safe going to protest anymore. So like I, just staying home up like uh, sharing people's mutual aid needs, uh, writing about make issues like that's that's how i can do activism now it's like yeah um i had a interview with somebody a while ago and they said that even like everything that you do if if it's in the same if it's in the effort to make uh the world a better place is activism even if you don't get credit for it as activism in like activist circles right which I, I really appreciate it. I mean, I'm, I am not a person, uh, like I'm an excre- extremely privileged person, right? But I'm still taking care of a family. I'm still working 12 yeah. to 14 hours a day. Uh, so then I, anything I do on top of that is all I can fit in. Right. <laughs> so, so, uh, I felt that that was, you know, it's inclusive to a lot of perspectives, right? Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Just my privileged take on it, I guess. Well, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. I, uh, so normally when I do this show, I also, uh, I get people to uh, do a, a, a bit of counter propaganda, yeah. but I didn't give you a chance to prepare ahead of time. 
<laughs> but but is there anything off the top of your head that you think needs to be uh, debunked or uh, needs to be uh, addressed in uh, a way? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> the whole world. I, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of problems like within the online left. There's too much of a focus on trying to de-radicalize people who are in the alt-right pipeline. It's just like, yeah. Like, firstly, how do you even ascertain that? And secondly, that is that is significantly less worth your time than helping people who are in marginalized groups right now. People who yeah. need, yeah, people who are, like I said, they need mutual aid. They need a community that is safe. They need, um, they need help and support, basically. It's like, if you spent more time on that, that's, that's a little more constructive than trying to get right-wingers to like you. Um, <laughs> and they won't like you anyway. Like, <laughs> like I don't, I, I've never met a right-winger that uh, can be de-radicalized. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of a lot of people I'm starting to see like I see this I've seen this a lot in the suburbs which is where I grew up. Okay. Like, people people think oh this person was nice to me so they're, they're, they must be a nice person. So it's like no that like uh, welcome to adulthood. <laughs> Anyone can be nice to you if they think it's in your interest. It doesn't make them good people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's. I think that's a great uh, counter propaganda. Stop trying to de radicalize the right. Like, <laughs> help people. <laughs> like people need help. Don't, yeah. Go help them. I. I don't know, like even a dollar will help some of the people on like who are trying to move over their head, who are trying to get out of a transphobic household, who are trying to get themselves and their children off the street. Like, give a dollar to them. Don't just. And for God's sakes. What I really hate is that people like use the word, use the term redemption arc when it comes to like getting people switch sides. Like, I noticed that certain people are trying to do that with Calvin Gara, who is this like, he's, he's a Triscum tr- trans guy. Um, he's like, he's done a lot of things. Top Tate Mo has a, has a really good video about it. Like, okay. he's doing all of his uh, shenanigans. But like, he, like, People are obsessed with like, giving him a redemption arc. It's just like you can't change people. People change when they people change when they want to. It takes it's it's like and as far as redemption arc, these are not fictional characters. These are real people with agency who can yeah. who, who can do inter, internal thinking. Who can who can want to be better, and that's that's how people change. Yeah, like, too many people have uh, played in. They believe in that. Uh, what is that line from the show that everybody's a uh, life is a story? Uh, <laughs> no, these are people with, with real agency. They're not being written by somebody. Like in a, even 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 most fictional characters who have redemption arcs earn them because they want them because they actively work for them and they work to be better. Right. It's like so even that kind of fails. They aren't just one day convinced that they were wrong and then they continue living their life yeah, as but, though nothing had changed. <laughs> yeah, another, thing is, another thing I want to just put out there is no one is owed forgiveness. It's like if you feel sorry about something you've done and you demonstrate that you're sorry for it and you understand what you did is wrong, that's one thing. But people you've hurt are not obligated to forgive you. Like, Yeah. That's something, yeah, that's something I've sure. realized. 
like in my own life. I don't want to go too much into it, but like you don't have to forgive people who've wronged you. If it's like bad enough that you don't want them in your life anymore at all, you don't need to have them in your life. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to agree with that. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I've thought about that a lot with, um, with regard to like people accepting she on head as part of the left and welcoming her into their circles, even though a lot of people really feel unsafe when? around because <laughs> of the things she's done in the past. Yeah. Like, including me. Like, I don't really want to deal with her. I, I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of just like, I don't want to deal with her. I don't care if she likes me or not. I just, I don't yeah. need, I don't need nonsense in my life right now. Like, and, and like, if people feel unsafe around her, you should, you shouldn't chastise them for not wanting to be around her. It's just like, oh my, yeah. of, of, well, can't, well, can't she change? My thought is, why is she owed that? She's not inherently owed that. Yeah. Like, I'm sure she's capable of change, but why does that fall on you know, me or you, <laughs> like, why yeah, does that burden end up on? Like, like you, you can be sorry and you can change, but people are still right to be done with you and not want to deal with you at all. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you, go meet, it's like you can go meet some new friends who don't know about your shitty past. Yeah, sure. Or like you say, you can earn it. You can yeah. show people over time and give them the space to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, see you change and see you earn that redemption. Exactly. But so now, uh, foes and comrades, do you have anybody who is particularly problematic that you think everybody should know about? (laughs) Uh, There are a lot of people out there. Yeah. Many problematic people. Nobody off the top of your head that (laughs) needs singling out though. Um, uh, but just the person I referred to, I'm not going to say his name. Oh, yeah, um, that's fair. I think people people will know who I'm talking about. He's one, been one of the main people trying to get Calvin Gara, quote-unquote, redemption arc. Whereas, like, he can, he can write off trans people who give him legitimate criticisms as woke schools and just block, block all of us. I kind of I consider everybody who uses the term woke scold as a foe of progress. <laughs> like, yeah. it's... It's not a helpful term. It's, uh, yeah. It's very, it comes off as very entitled, like, if he's an entitled, quote-unquote, trans ally who just wants trans people to kiss his ass for his amazing allyship. Uh, completely missing the point of what allyship actually is. I made two videos about that, one of which was about him. Um, okay. Just like, al- the first one was allyship, it's not about you, and the second was allyship, it's still not about you. <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's not supposed to center those of us who want to be uh helping <laughs> yeah um i made a post on my tumblr which i don't know if a lot of people on all who follow my channel follow that but i do post a lot of mutual aid stuff there too but okay that was basically hard pills to swallow there's no such thing as alienating allies if you're an actually an ally, you know it's not about you. You know to sit down, shut up, and listen. Yeah, and when people say, uh, when they when a person complains about white people, you don't go in and be like, ah, oh, but I'm a good white person. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you do that, you're not. <laughs> I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could have. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sorry, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. 
Uh, what about comrades? Anybody that you think uh, is doing a particularly good job these days? Um, I think you should check. I think people, I would recommend people check out um, my friends over at uh, Social Justice Alchemy. They have a podcast every week, and they talk about issues, agrees about leftist issues in politics, in the world, and even in online spaces. They are all awesome. I can join them. I'll probably join them more now that I have a camera and a semi-decent mic. Um, let's see. I would say a privileged vegan, but she doesn't really make, make YouTube content anymore. I would recommend that you check that that you all check out um, hers and um, Nexi's podcast, The Vegan Vanguard. Oh yeah, good show. Excellent. Um, vegan uh, hard left content. Uh, Thought Slime is awesome. He, uh, he's also a vegan um, anarchist lefty and and non-binary. But he prefers to him pronouns. Okay. Um, there are a lot of great black buckets too. Professor Flowers, one you should check out. Uh, for Harriet. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of content for Harriet makes is about like like um, media representation. Um, some of it's just about like black women and black femmes maintaining our sanity in this confusing tough world. Uh, yeah. So for Harriet, is awesome. Um, cool. Nowadays, I'm starting to a lot of comedy channels, so I'm not really sure about leftist ones. <laughs> oh, that's all good. Yeah. No worries. So, where can people oh, find... Oh, there, oh. oh there, is, there, is, there is one I recommend. Uh, Patchwork Heart. Um, the real name Shiloh Connor. Uh, they have an excellent channel. Um, like me, they upload very sporadically because also like me, they are disabled. Okay. Um. Yeah, they they have a channel wherein they uh, make videos about mental illnesses, um, abuse of children, and and how to avoid it, how to recognize it, how to recover from it. Um, okay. Yeah, they're also a really awesome artist. If you look up their channel, you can find you'll find links to all their art pages. They're on Twitter. Um, the speaker whose Twitter name is Hachi Doodle. Definitely check that out. Um, they, of course, they have DeviantArt and all that. So definitely check out their art. Their art is the shit. Um, cool. Those are That's awesome. And where can people find your content? You can find my content on the YouTube channel, uh, Phoenix Rising 87. Uh, note that there is a channel, um, another channel called Phoenix Rising 87, which I didn't know about until I searched my name. Um, <laughs> if Avatar is like the skinny white lady doing yoga, so you'll know it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, and um, just just as a sidebar, uh, the Twitter handle Phoenix Rising eighty seven is not me. It is a public okay. company. Just just putting that out there. I do not have a Twitter anymore. You can find me on Facebook through my um public pages. I have one one public page for myself and one for my um, community care and mutual aid. Um, you can find me on Tumblr risingphoenix eighty seven dot tumblr dot com. I also post a lot about mutual aid there. And um, I'll just I'll I'll post about fandom stuff and also just just aside about my daily life. I recently made a post about how, how I realized I can't headbang anymore without like putting myself in discomfort. Oh geez. Which is disappointing, but okay. But it's you know, um, let's see where else. Uh, you can also find me um on Medium under the username uh flame Pan- flame panda eighty seven. Um, I've, I've written about uh, the, why veganism is up for debate, 
written about like one of my most read one of my most read um entries is about about growing up as a gifted kid and like kind of like my confessions of a former gifted kid who kind of realizes all the baggage that came with that and how it's really not worth it um uh, my most recent post which was like a year ago so it's yeah it's been a while is about my non-binary identity realizing i was non-binary what i do differently nowadays okay how one of the most important things was i shaved the left side of my head cool yeah. um yeah just just fyi I, I do use both they they and she pronouns but i prefer they okay you know, they definitely check me out on everything perfect i will uh i will when I edit this, I will look through. I will. I'll find those all, all those links, and I will post them in the show notes. Okay, great. Thank you. You bet. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I guess just before we go, is there anything that you'd like to co- say or mention that uh, wasn't covered in our chat? Um, not really. Just uh, peace, love, and stay hydrated. That's all, folks. Thanks for listening. Remember to share this show with your friends and on the social media site that you use the most. Thank you to everyone who supports this show on Patreon. Every dollar I get makes it so that I can spend more time working on this show and the other shows I'm involved in to bring you high-quality content. If you want to contribute, you can do that at patreon.com slash skeptical leftist, or you can send me money on PayPal at paypal.me slash brainstormpodcast. If you can't contribute financially, then a five-star rating and a review on your podcast app of choice or one of the podcast review sites like Podchaser would be great. If you want to find more from me, then make sure to check out my Linktree at linktree slash skepticalcory. You can find all my social media stuff there as well as links to my other shows, which includes Skeptarchy, which is a panel show that I do with some very smart people, From Many People's Strength, which is a podcast about Saskatchewan politics, and The Feminist Family, which I do with my partner. My Twitter is at Hardcore Skeptic and my Facebook page is The Mind of a Skeptical Leftist or you can send me a friend request at facebook.com slash cjbrainstorm. I accept most friend requests. Thanks for listening and have a good one. Mm-hmm.